Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go. And welcome to the Board Game Snobs podcast. This is the podcast about board games that you know and that you love and that you should listen to. And yeah, that's what I like. I like to listen to. You know what else I like? What? Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> oh. Am I supposed to chime in with a, yeah, Cocoa you Puffs? You don't like Cocoa Puffs? Yeah. No, I love Cocoa Puffs. It's my number one okay. cereal of all time. I know it is, and I don't actively buy them. But I just did not expect you to come in talking about Cocoa Puffs because I thought you uh, would be anti Cocoa Puffs, to be honest. No, well, I don't really. I, I mean, I I have a love hate relationship with them. I think they're kind of cliche, but at the same time, and you know, as, as cliche as a, a cereal can be. Uh, well, I got a box for free because the local grocery store that does their own personal shopper, then one that's not Walmart. To try to stay in Is it business. just one guy, Bob, shopping for Pretty much. 20 people? And the and the way that they do it is that to try to keep you from driving to the next town that has a Walmart, because the town I live in is so small, they don't have a Walmart, uh, they give you like a free gift with a handwritten card every time you do like a, a personal shopper order. Oh, that's so yeah, you get Is it just you get to sign s- with an X? No, it's like handwritten, like, thank you from shopping. Bob, got, I was your shopper. My name is Bob. Thanks for and supporting they, my meth habit. Yeah, and they put it in a, a little gift bag. The card comes in a little gift bag, and they always give you something free. So like Chlamydia. last week, it, uh, no, last week, it, close. Last week, it was a pineapple. <laughs> oh, fancy. <laughs> yeah, this week, it was a box of cocoa. That's pups. because they're so out of like season. A- it was rotten. <laughs> It was it was it was not a quality pineapple, but the fact that I was given a free pineapple. Uh, they're just culling their fruit. That's what they're doing. Well, they're culling cocoa puffs because I got a box of cocoa puffs today, and I ate half the box. Have you ever had it before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Chlamydia or cocoa puffs? <laughs> Either one. Yes. All right. Well, I will say that out of the two, I think I prefer cocoa puffs. Uh, um, cocoa puffs has long been my number one ranked cereal of all time. I don't know why. It's just the, the it's just a little bit of chocolate. But it's it's very chocolatey and others have tried to copy and you might you might get those cocoa roos that come in the you know, the plastic sack that is also at those, Walmart. Those are br- darn Australians trying to copy. <laughs> those are break your teeth roos. if you get the wrong type. Australians will break your teeth if you get the wrong type. Yes. So anyways, that's what I've been up to. On to more heartfelt and devastating news. We're recording this on Halloween, which happens to be the day that we found out that Mr. Well, actually, Sir Sean Connery has passed away. Godspeed. Godspeed. To the stars, Bowen. To the stars. With, with, now, it kind of really bothers me that Sean Connery, he's 90 years old. Old as dirt. He's been around for a long time, <laughs> and he's made some great films, which has got... Really, to, to, to show my uh, appreciation for Mr. Sean Connery, I intend on watching Highlander just because oh. I got to thinking of all the movies I had watched of him, and the one that I remember the least is Highlander. 
Like I can't remember anything much about it. That's just just the highlights. And so I'm going to go back and watch it. That's because uh, it's terrible. It has this really? like cult, you know, classic following sci-fi. Uh, the TV show was good when I was a kid, but uh, if you go back and rewatch it, it's terrible. Well, apparently, the lowest rated. Uh, Sean Connery movie is like Highlander, according to the Tomato Eater on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. What is the highest? All right, you'll never guess this, but just go for broke anyways. The highest rated Sean Connery movie. The highest rated. Sean you'll never Connery. get it. I had never heard of this film, but go ahead. The name of the rose. No, I'm not. Don't know that one. <laughs> Outland. This, no, this one is called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Ranked a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Was he the titular Darby? Uh, no, he was the dashing young man. Or was he the Little People? Uh, no, just fired. Darby O'Gill does not want to tell his daughter Katie that his position has been taken by a dashing younger man, which is Sean Connery. Oh. On his way home, Darby slips through a portal to the land of the Little People. There he meets the Leprechaun King, Brian, because, of course, that's what the Leprechaun King's name would be. Brian or Ryan? Brian with a B. Brian? I I am the Leprechaun King. What's your name, sir? Brian. Brian. And winds up accidentally bringing the little monarch home with him. Darby then demands Brian grant him three wishes, which the request brings Darby bittersweet and unexpected results. So basically, it's Aladdin. It's Aladdin. But... Uh, Darby, Irish. That's, that's a lot of weird names. Except for Brian. Brian the Leprechaun. Yeah. I like that everybody's name is weird except the <laughs> Leprechaun. <laughs> that's kind of like that, uh, that, that Monty Python search for the Holy Grail. They find that wizard and they're like, what is your name? And he goes, Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's a great... Uh, but anyways, R.I.P. Mr. Connery. Uh, his second his second highest rated film is one of my favorites. Untouchables. Goldfinger. Oh, Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Untouchables was at was, Untouchables was up there, obviously. But I mean, man, he, like uh, he had. Uh, uh, let's see, he has ninety four credits to his name, which is actually not as many as I would have thought. I mean, this dude made movies since like the '60s and '50s. I figured he would be in the hundreds. Uh, he was cranking it out, but he did some good stuff. The Name of the Rose. I've never watched that. It's got Christian Slater in it. Now I have to watch it. Cuffs. Yeah, Mr. Robot. Mm. Jack Nicholson yeah. Jr. He does look like Jack Nicholson. You were saying the he other day that like Christian that Christian Slater is a generic Jack Nicholson. And then after watching him, uh, I, I punched in, of course, the first movie that came to mind when you said Christian Slater was his absolute, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, uh, Broken Arrow with uh, John <laughs> yeah. Travolta. Oh, yes. The, the 1993, I believe, action film where John no, that's like 96. Is it? Yeah. Okay, well, whatever it is, John Travolta was, like, hamming it up. Oh, yeah. Like, good stuff. He was was not turning it down, and it was awful. And it has some of the weirdest scenes. If you just want to laugh, if you just want to laugh, just type in Broken Arrow scene and just, just on YouTube and just watch some of the hellacious overacting that occurs. But That was, uh, like, uh, 
Okay, so when did Pulp Fiction come out? Like 90, 91, 92, something like that? Uh, I should know that. I, no, it was in mid-90s, I believe. Well, it was like, oh, you know, Pulp Fiction, maybe 94. That was like the resurgence of John Travolta. And then yeah, a, mere, a, a mere two years later, he is really like... He's checked into the the John Travolta isms, the Nick Cage of John Travolta. Yeah, he kind of went down. It was like he he did that one time, like he did that little thing of his where he's kind of crazy, uh-huh. and it worked for him in '94. And then he thought, you know what I'll do? I'll do that forever. And he just kept doing it. He just kept being crazy. And and Face Off is what I was thinking. Face Off was '97. Oh, man, that was awful. Get Shorty was 95. See, that was the thing. That's what ruined John Travolta. He was in Pulp Fiction, turned right around and was in Get Shorty. And it was like, I can only, the the world is my oyster. And then him and Nick Cage got together in 97. And then after that, it was just insane. Don't forget Phenomenon and Michael. Oh, that was odd. That's exactly that. Yeah. Broken Arrow was 96. Broken Arrow, Broken Arrow was, 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 that was 96. He was still kind of peaking then, and then just like, yeah, it was a real quick nosedive. I mean, uh, Planet, Battlefield, whatever, Earth was not too far behind. No. Man, he just went. I just feel sorry for him because he wasn't. He's he's a good actor if you need if you need that person, if you need that guy. he's He's a good guy, but it's just. Man, he didn't. He did not get in. He didn't do what what a lot of these older actors do. They like age into these roles, like Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise, it has just yeah. He's just he's as he's gotten older, he's gotten better almost. Oh yeah. It's just it's like it's Sean Connery, insane. and like Sean Connery. The the thing that killed Sean Connery was that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And old age actually killed Sean. Uh, Connery. But what killed his career was 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 uh, uh, Sean. Well, I mean, if that got Sean Connery, that was two thousand three. So he made it did that one. Wow, that's like his last. Yeah, that killed his career. I-B- There's a not M I D M I B M I M D B. But it was a B M. I can tell you that. The League of the Extraordinary Gentlemen was like, like 2003, and it was one of... It, 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 there's a neat little documentary. So if he is 90 now in 2020, so that was 17 years ago. So he was... What's the math? 73? He was 73. I mean, call it a career at 73. You're good. You can go out as Alan Quartermain in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm. Yeah. Man, that was just a rough... That was a rough film. That was a rough film. Two films before that, Entrapment. Which was, which was, yes. That was just yes. That was yes. That was what brought, oh, uh, what's her name, into everybody's consciousness. Uh, that was Michael Douglas' Russell's wife. attention. Michael Douglas. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Kurt, no, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Uh, I have to make this. Uh, what's uh, her Russell. name? Uh, Catherine Zeta. Yes, yes, yes. I can think of her name. I love that she was in Zorro. And they got her and Antonio Banderas, and they're like, hey, who should train Antonio Banderas? I know, Anthony Hopkins. Yes. But he's not Hispanic. That's okay. Get a tan, Anthony. <laughs> no, some makeup. Yeah, yes. that wouldn't fly yes. these days. No, that would not fly. His hair was still like bright white. <laughs> 
and he had that. He he, he didn't do an accent. He's no. so, he's so much. He show he's, he's too so English. Sean Connery that yes. He's so yes. He's like, where are you from? Tijuana. <laughs> like, has that? Tijuana. He has that? Tijuana. That very British. My one of my favorite films that has both Anthony Hopkins and Sean Connery in it is that that Bridge Too Far. That was a great film. And uh, the, they're both awesome in it. Can any yeah, bridge my, go too far, really? Like, as long as it uh, clears the other side, I'm good. Well, this they did in this one. And Bridge Too Far was like well, the most expensive movie of all times <laughs> during the during that. You come bridge, into problems bridge, if it's a bridge too short. That, what is a bridge too short? Uh, that's an accident. That's what it's called. <laughs> driving uh, off the edge. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of driving Finding off the edge. Finding Forrester. Never watched it. Uh, so, it was... Okay, so his last credit, and I have no idea what this is, but it is Sir Billy, voice as Sir Sean Connery. Yeah, I don't know what that is. 2012. Okay, it's some sort of super cheesy looking like CGI, like even before computer cartoons were a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it looks bad. Sir Billy. Uh, 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 then uh, let's see. That. After League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was Freedom, A History of Us, a TV series documentary. From Russia with Love, the video game. Wow. Didn't even know that was a thing. Then, like, literally another TV movie documentary, and then Sir Billy. Poor Sean. He should have stopped. Let's say he should have stopped uh, two movies ago at Entrapment. That would have been good. Yeah. I, I really wish. Yeah. But, you know, it happens. You can't expect somebody 90 years old to be out there making movies. The man was 90 years old. So, I mean, give him a break. Give him a break. Uh, I want to uh, I want to move on because I don't know how long this rant is going to take. Because we're like 15 minutes in. We haven't talked about board games yet. And we've actually played some board games here recently. And I want to talk about one. I want to talk about High Rise, which was awful to me mm-hmm. and I've given a lot of thought as to why it was awful and I have I have thoughts about why I am the dissenting voice well I'm not say just me I, do you like it I you have thoughts I have feelings okay what are your feelings <laughs> hatred anger okay I'm I'm glad you have the similar feelings as my thoughts are <laughs> uh, what what distinguishes what distinguishes my feelings from your thoughts? Uh, the thing is, is that I, I, I think, and then that hatred happens. Uh, like I objectively, I, I, not objectively, I guess I can say objectively, there's some things about this game that I do not like that I think are problematic, but of course people could argue, but why would they argue with me? Because they'd just be wrong. Uh, so high rise, a game by Gil Hova, Gil Hova is, uh, he's somewhat a big name in, in board gaming community. I mean, a lot of people know him. Uh, he designed uh, a game of mine, a game of mine that I really like, uh, the networks. And I think we've even done an episode on the networks. I really like the networks. And Imperial of- Settlers, the TV show. Yes, we played it. We like it. Yes, I do. I like it a lot better. I like it a lot better than uh, um, Imperial Settlers, even. And he's also done a few other games. He did Wordsy. And bad medicine. He's done some smaller games, but his his really his 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 darling is the networks. In in my opinion, it's his highest ranked games, and now here's most recent iteration of 
big board gaming is high rise and in high rise uh it's been described as uh, the gamer version of monopoly it's been uh, also referred to as a complicated version of takaido it's a rondelle which you're moving your little building developers around to these certain action spots and then getting materials which just are various colored chits and then you're using those chits to build buildings and you put these little standees out there in the middle of the board which haphazardly block your view and then you get special powers and you do that several times and then you see who wins uh just give your thoughts first give your feelings first on this if you would to speak for a moment while I can the first thing the, the, the main thing and I don't this is just sticks in my crawl it sticks right up in my crawl wherever that is whatever it might be <laughs> crawl space what is a crawl anyway is it crawl C-R-A-W I don't know what it is but it's up in there I have a joke I was going to tell you but I keep forgetting no it's not a joke it's just a meme I saw so like you have that joke about the the crows uh huh yeah the, there was a, somebody wrote a meme of uh, of crows in court and they're just going call 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 and it's call and order like law and order wow that's bad you got to be there to you got to be that's there bad, to, to really like it it's, it's bad you gotta up your I game know some. I'm not up in my game I think <laughs> that joke was on the same level as high rise go ahead um what Please cut what that. gets <laughs> noted. What gets in my crawl about this game more than anything else, and it's uh, a visual thing. Uh, well, I guess it's two parts. A, the board is long. I guess it's maybe supposed to be that way to signify, like, I don't know, Manhattan Island, or maybe just a long, tall building, like, you know, the game itself is about high rise. I don't know why this board is so long and skinny. It's irritating. Also, the other half of the board is upside down. It just circles around. Like, part of the board is facing me. The other part of the board is facing the other side. And everything is written upside down. It's irritating. It's I, I don't like that at all. I don't know what that's for. I guess the people sitting on the other side. But guess what? It's not like side-based. Like, this is my side. That's your side. No, I could build a building on that side. And guess what? Now I have to read it upside down to figure out what's going on. That just irritated the crap out of me. I don't know why. And it's a long, skinny board. It's, oh, that's the first I thing do, that I do have got my I do have, ire up. I do have complaints about, about the board, which also sticks in my craw, which the craw is an animal's stomach, by the way. Oh. Um, so, as Gabby mentioned, some of the board is upside down when you're looking at it from one direction. I guess it's meant to be played that if you've got two people sitting in between different sides of the table, one side's right side up, the other side's upside down to you. But anyways. you play both sides. It's not single-sided. I know, I know. So, But there it is. So, that's irritating, but it's that doesn't. That does not kill the game. <laughs> no, no. But that's just. But what? I mean, first what, oh. rattle out of the bucket. Okay. When they say the first, what are the first instructions in every board game review, bed board game setup? Place but, the board the in the middle board. of the table. Okay. So here's the board. Well, which side is which? I don't know. Flip a coin. 
So when I was, the thing that really caught my attention was the rule book. Um, obviously, whenever, whenever I get a game, I always punch it out real fast, pull out the rule book, and I just look at the setup to kind of see what what what's going to, what am I in for? And I couldn't set the game up. <laughs> it looked, just looking at the first opening page that describes how the game is set up, I looked and thought, wow, this is this is going to be interesting. I then went through the various steps of setting. It was the game just a up. scatter shot of instructions. Blam! Right. Shotgun blast. Right, and so you have to go through them, and the rule book's thirty-five pages. And so as you open up the rule book and you go step by step, and I'm setting the game up, I realized, oh, there's three game settings. There's the introduction. There's the regular game. There's the normal game. And oh, a full the full game. I'm sorry, the full game can go like three hours. And I'm like, oh no, I don't want to do that. Uh, and I don't want to do that at all. And so the the setup was irritating because depending on what type of mode you were going to play, it set itself up differently. Plus, the game commits a sin that I I I I cannot quite forgive, which is when you have components, and I've heard people gripe about like Tan Gar- Garden, which I have not played. Tan Garden, but apparently. Tang Gardens? What's that called? What's that game? Tang, Tang Gardens. Garden? Yes. Tang Garden? Like the drink? Yes, it's where the drink is made. Okay. Well, like Bush Gardens. People, people have griped about Bush Gardens, about the buildings covering up information that you need. I did not like that these little standee buildings that you're trying to build in this game actually block your view. Like as you're putting them out there, you're cluttering up the middle of the board, and I'm having to reach over and all, all all around trying to move my guy around the board, around this rondelle, and also be able to see what's on the other side of the board, and I can't because I've got all this crap in my way. And when I say crap, I also mean that there's these cards that when you set up these bonus tiles that are all over the place, you then set up these cards that match these certain powers. So you have cards everywhere. If you just look at the board after it's set up, and you get out all the pieces, there is just stuff everywhere and that just panics me anytime i have a board game where there's information scattered about everywhere i i get just antsy and then the iconology iconology of this game just frustrated me because it was it was throw all these colored chits that represent the materials that you need to build these buildings into a bag okay so i'm assuming this bag is now the random thing for which I pull these chits out. Now when I land on this action space, it says, okay, get a pink tile. Where do I get it from? Oh, the bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bag and that get you your... threw everything into. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, get get another one of your choice. Okay, reach into the bag, reach into the bag, reach into the bag and get this. Oh, get this, get that. And you're collecting these tiles, which is fine. But now go and use these tiles so to build work. these buildings. Who wants to well, put all was... that effort to reach into the bag? It wasn't so much work. It was just the fact that the game was predicated on go in circles, collect resources. Okay, so what makes this game special? Like, what's 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 the thing about this game that is supposed to set it apart from everything else? Because it doesn't have neat little minis that people always talk about that it was supposed to have. Like, the game was supposed but to be But it does now. Expensive. Kickstarter edition. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, for fit. Yeah, yeah, for fifty bucks. 
And this is a Kickstarter edition, by the way. This is a oh, Kickstarter really? game. It yes, it just didn't have the they just didn't make enough to get the minis. And so now they're coming back and now you can pay fifty bucks and get these minis that will now block your view just like the standees block. Yeah, it's a re-kickstart. There's like eighty five, I think. 85 different little power cards, little bonus cards. Uh, I'm looking it up right now as I'm talking. But there's all this random variability powers that you can build your little building here, and now you can do this thing. And the things are always just get more stuff. That's not interesting to me. I, 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 I read a... Oh, there's 45 different tenant tiles. I'm sorry. 45 different tenant hey, wait, tiles. Let me lock, which, interlock my fingers together. Interlock your fingers 45 different times. So I have one word for you. Hey, half tenet. of the board is upside down, so that makes sense. Maybe you're supposed to go clockwise, <laughs> and I'm supposed to go counterclockwise. And then at the end of the game, you shoot me in the head, because that would have been more interesting Ooh. than... Oh, and spoilers for tenant. Shots um, fired. <laughs> shots fired. Or you're not, you're not playing this game. You're putting it up. Uh, you should be. Yes. Yes. 45 different tenant tiles and 85 power cards. So there's all these different variable powers and things. None of them are particularly interesting. Some of the cards are just, when you get a tile, get an extra one. Or, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, Well, that's what uh, you were saying. When you said there was so much stuff scattered on the board... It's like, yeah, there is, but none of it's that interesting. No, yeah, yeah, I don't mind. I, I, I like playing these certain Euro games or even some of these Ameritrash games that have a lot of stuff, but there's something interesting going on. And I'll, I'll use a game that I don't particularly care for, like Scythe. Scythe has a bunch of stuff going on, but there is that factory out in the middle that you can go to and then what do you get? Oh, you get to get this special card. And that's interesting. That's an interesting thing. You can go and now you have the special card that lets you do something special a little bit better than everybody else. High Rise is that, where every little space has these little special things that you can go and do, but none of them are particularly interesting. And it does the Monopoly thing of, oh, you landed on my building. I get a free tile. Congratulations. Well, and all the ability is just like, okay, you can have it, and then I can have it too. Oh, and he can have it too. Oh, and they can have it too. All right, next one. Oh, I know, I got this ability. Oh, but if you land there, you can get it too. Oh, and they can get it too. So, I mean, if everybody has the ability, it's not special. And, and I think that what got me also, and I... You got I, your gizzard. It, it got my gizzard. Your gizzard it got really, gut. And my gizzard is fatty. I just come back from the doctor mm. the other day, and they said I need to be careful about my fatty gizzard. You gotta watch that um, fatty gizzard; it'll get you. You gotta cut the, back. What do you cut back on when you have a fatty gizzard? Uh, alcohol. Really? Actually, I have a familiar fatty fatty gizzard. A familiar, which is fatty gizzard. Yeah, which this is one that I'm familiar with. It's actually, uh, it's it's. Uh, I thought it's, maybe uh, your family like, shared it. That's what it is. You're genetically disposed to have a fatty liver, which is what I'm using in replace of gizzards. And so he basically says, "Ah, oh, be careful. Make sure you keep good, good, uh, good uh, care of your liver. Keep slash good gizzard. care of your gizzards." Yeah. So Chardonnay likes gizzards. She puts cheese on them. 
You know, yeah, and I want to talk about Chardet, too, since I'm talking about things I don't like, and now I'm going to talk about oh. something I do like. <laughs> oh, uh, I thought you were making a transition. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to hard merge, like, I hate Chardet. No, we need, we've had more people request Chardet to be back on, be on the show. And it's like, I don't know, shots fired towards Enrique. Uh, we don't, nobody likes you anymore. Nobody's heard who? of you in months. Who? That's exactly. <laughs> the forgotten boy. The forgotten boy. The prodigal son returns. Oh, uh, poor we him. may have to like swap out Enrique for a Chardet. Well, Chardet does know how to use a microphone uh, hooked up to her computer, so that would work. <laughs> she also knows vowels. She can actually <laughs> form sentences occasionally, <laughs> even though her uh, opinion on things is awful, and I disagree with everything she says. Well. That's just because she, that's just because she's like a millennial. That's that's my fault. Uh, well, you know, you got to have a different point of view. If you had everybody exactly. agreeing with you, then where would we be? Exactly. And so that's why I'm disagreeing with every everybody's opinion on High Rise. I look to try to find a dissenting or a poor review of High Rise, and I can't find it. Everybody either gives it a middle of the road, yeah, it's, it's good, or seal of excellence. Like, everybody either thinks it's decent or great. I cannot find anybody that shares my hatred well, for this game and, you except know, you. Okay, uh, this is my question to you then. Had you not seen all these reviews and or rave review, moderate to rave reviews, seal of excellence from the Dice Tower... Who? Would you have been so angry about this game without that? So here's what happened. I bought High Rise before. I, I did not read any reviews on High Rise, nor watch any reviews on High Rise. I purchased High Rise, one, because we had a listener say, hey, what are your thoughts on High Rise? I looked at it on BGG, saw that it was Gil Hova, and I know I love net the networks. I really do like the networks. As a matter of fact, for all of our listeners, if you go on Amazon right now, thirty six bucks Amazon Prime, you can get the networks. I highly, I highly recommend the networks. It even has a decent solo. So there you go. I think we also did an episode on it some back way back when. Networks. Yes. I was expecting that Gil Hova was going to make another. A home run. Yeah. And so I bought it based on that. And then when I punched it out and I got the rule book out and I'm like, I'm not feeling this rule book. I'll send out the components. Were your hands I'm numb? Like, I'm not. F- yeah, I know. They, they were, they're gone. It's like, I, this is, this, this rule book. Were you scared? Not- <laughs> I, I punched it, it out. It, I was reading it. It was bad. I can't feel I, it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I, the, 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 the artwork on this game is awful. Not the not the box cover. The box cover is beautiful, uh, and it's the it's the user interface. It's the icons and the color. Like I said, the board looks like it's been laid out into the sun. Everything's drab, and the the spots where you're putting your little worker to do the actions, they're all black and white, and they're kind of grayed out, and they don't they're not that clear. And the scoreboard uh, is particularly hideous. It's uh, it's awful. The color, the components of this game are are god awful. Uh, you were you were talking about the board other than my thing of the board being uh, extremely long and skinny and half of it upside down uh, the, the board i mean yes <laughs> just it, like our pat <laughs> the, the, the uh like you were talking about the colors i didn't the colors weren't that offensive to me now the scoreboard yes it's offensive because it's like brown but uh, I can see what you're talking about, the washed out colors. 
But that didn't bother me quite so bad as the size and shape and half of it being that just I just that, I'm just mind boggled. And even like uh, Raiders of the North Sea and we played Raiders of Scythia, we I don't like these boards that are like top to bottom like you play it from top to bottom as opposed to spreading it out before you like in the style of like a viticulture board or most i would say that's probably most normal board games that the way you know like it's rectangular to you mm, and it's long it's long from left to right i don't like boards that go elongated top to bottom because if you're both sitting on one end, it, and especially on this table, it's hard to reach the top. It's irritating. It's true. And so, so there was just there was just a lot about this game. And, but and from, on top of that, like okay, you were you thankfully had went through the rules yourself. You're like, hey, this is the game. Choose a spot, go to it. If you're behind me, then you keep moving until you pass me, uh, like patchwork style. Okay, so you've passed me, so now it's my turn. I can, or Francis Drake style, however you want to talk, call it. And, an actual game, an actual good game <laughs> called Francis Drake, yes. And, and I can take these spots, but guess what? I'm either just claiming pieces to go to build. I mean, there's nothing to this game other than gather resources to build a skyscraper. And that's it. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, because that is worker placement resource whatever that's a lot of games but this game just does not do it well and for all the hype i don't get it and it did anger me especially when you handed me the rule book and said here figure out how to set up this game and it was just a buckshot scatter shot of rules and set up across this board and it's like i have no idea they didn't number anything they didn't allocate any like okay this is this piece. Notice it's marked one here. Notice in the picture, the one is that piece. Like, none of that. It was just like, oh, my God. It was unbelievable. So uh, so let, let me just let me reel it in for a second here. Uh, one, the, the networks done by the same designer. One of the things about the networks that I did not like, the one imperfection was there's these cards that allow you to have special asymmetrical powers that you can just buy and use. In our playing of the networks, we actually remove those cards. We don't play with them. And it makes the game much more strategic. He, the designer took all the elements of the networks that I don't like, that one little element, and he ex, he took that and expanded on it and said, you know what, I'm going to make a board game about it. I'm going to make the iconology not so intuitive. I'm going to make the rule book scattered. I'm going to make the game last way too long. And I'm going to make it a very boring main mechanic, which is essentially go around in a circle and get resources. I was about to say, the, like, for a game that's three hours long, you would think there's, like, some sort of amping up or an evolution of the game throughout. No. No, you're no, doing the no, same after, thing. After you go around in a circle, you didn't put out more bonus tiles. Oh. Oh, which are of the same thing. So then you get to go around circle again. And then if you're playing the full game, you get the joyous occasion of going around a third time and scoring. So this game has the main mechanic, which is I got, who's, ever in, who's ever the furthest back on the rondelle gets the move. And I've heard reviewers say this is such a great mechanic. Well, it is a great mechanic. That mechanic itself of do I jump way far ahead 
and get stuff that I might need, or do I risk my opponent jumping ahead of me? That is a neat mechanic. Here's how High Rise ruins that. So your worker spaces, which there's generally two or three of them, they're connected into one little into, into like sections. I can't just go. All right, I'm in the first part of that section, and now I'm going to move up to the second or third part. No, I have to leave that sector and move up to the next one. So it's not like I can strategically just jump way. There's no need for me to strategically jump all the way halfway around the board and then let my opponent behind me get a bunch of free stuff. That's not going to happen. There's no need to do that. So the one mechanic that is decent, that does work, the game doesn't utilize it effectively. The other main mechanic is the corruption, which is like the extra turn in the games, kind of, sort of. So you you go to this spot, you can do this thing, but you can do a little extra, but you take corruption. And corruption essentially uh, takes away victory points at, at the end of rounds and at the end of the game. And so you don't ever want to have too much corruption. This mechanic works great in such fine, eloquent games such as London by Martin Wallace, there's there's poverty, which you have to manage with the other players around the board. Poverty shallow. In, in this game, the corruption is just you're losing victory points. But instead of just losing the victory points, you're you're trying to manage this corruption. And it's it feels like it's just another thing. It's like And thematically it doesn't even make sense. Like what is what is the corruption based on? The corruption's based on you just getting another... You went to get this pink block, you're corrupt because instead of getting a pink block, you also got a purple block. And so thus you are corrupt. You're corrupt, sir. Mm. And that... I just... There's just... I heard greed was good. The components of this game are not great. I don't think that having these huge plastic miniatures in the game is going to change my thoughts on it. I think that's what they were going for is to have this very impressive table presence game that was going to be, you know, oh, it's got many. So of course it'll get, you know, a couple hundred thousand on a Kickstarter. Instead, they had to use these standees, which are not as impressive, but still they do the same thing. They, they take up space and block your view. The main mechanic of the game is boring. The game is too long. The rule book's poorly written. The iconology is, is not that great. The colors are drab. This is literally, I would play Still Monopoly before I, would play this, I would play Monopoly before I played this game. I actually, uh, my, wife, my wife told me the other day about, I'm going to buy Monopoly. It's a game. We need to play that with I the kids it. type thing. Okay, you have it. Well, uh-huh. and I was like, I've yeah. I've got the I, deluxe I edition kickstarted. You, ha- you don't have the deluxe edition. I do too. Lot. Of Monopoly? I do, too. <laughs> Hello? What is deluxe about it? Does it come with is its own monocle? Uh, I don't know, but it's a it's a fancy edition. I found it at a garage sale for like $3. You use, a, use, a, use an actual shoe and wheelbarrow. <laughs> an actual wheelbarrow yes. and a battleship. Um, yeah, I think I would play Monopoly before I played High Rise. I would play. Sure. I would tell you what I would play before I play. High, let's list all the things we'll play before High Rise. Splendor. Okay. Century Spice Road. Uh. 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 uh yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. Oh my God! Have I found my new worst game? <laughs> this can't be right. This can't. Chrono be right. Corsairs. Um. Uh. No. No. Chrono Corsairs was really bad. You would play High Rise before Chrono Corsairs. Maybe. 
just because oh. Chrono Corsairs, um, the, as much as the theme of, it's strange that the theme of pirates going back in time and like Groundhog's Day made more sense than being an uh, engineering company building buildings. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying that this game ranks up in my, I need to start like a geek list of like games that I absolutely hate and this game would be one of them. Um, it just disappoints me. It very much, not just, not because, not that I'm disappointed in the designer. I think he was trying to do something. He was, he was making, he was making a game and this is what he made and I just don't like it. That's fine. That's understandable. I really like networks. Poor Gil. Listeners to buy networks. If he hears this, he's going to be crying. uh, no, Gil has a bunch of followers. Like Gil is big on on Twitter. Everybody loves Gil. Like I I I made the mistake of like posting somewhere about high rise in a forum and was like I don't like it and then I got attacked by like supporters of Gil. The Gildonians came after you. Yes, yes. Uh he he's got a lot of fans. And it wasn't like I was not attacking him. I I I really like networks. If I've not said that before. I just this game feels disappointing. I believe you said it before at least five times on this very podcast. I know. It just disappoints me. I'm tired of hearing about networks, actually. It's not that great. Calm down. I was really looking forward to this game. And it disappointed me. And then my hatred of it, I went online and then everyone's like, this is a great game. This is like Monopoly fixed. You should buy this and play this with your family. Okay, question. it's torturous. High Rise or Machi Koro? Mmm... Mm, Machi Koro. <laughs> oh, we have gone down a bad. We've gone down a bad place. If I'm if I'm putting out Machi Koro wow. ahead of this. Oh man, <sighs> my to, rant's over. I'm trying I, to see I'm, if I'm I can done find some about other this. terrible, terrible games. So to, to keep to keep just doing our little rating thing of the red, the rules, the enjoyment, and the decisions. The rules are awful, <laughs> like a two. I mean, they're not like super complicated, but it's a 35 page rule book for a game. That's I mean, not that what's a one then? Like, you trash the rules. What's a one? Give it a one. Uh, Don't be scared. Give it a one. Uh, one and a half. Okay, quick question. Are we talking okay. about different? This is what's confused me on this uh, metric system you've got here. Okay. Is it. What's well, not it's metric? W- it's imperial. It's one to five. On rules, does that mean one being easy, five being difficult? No, it's how I or feel about the one being rules. terrible. Five are great. Five are being great. Okay. One is terrible. Okay, so then it's a one. Okay, one and a half. Enjoyment <laughs> is a is a is a negative three. Enjoyment is uh, yeah, enjoyment's bad. Enjoyment's off the uh, so bottomed out. I did not enjoy this game in the least. No, and no. It, and the and the decisions were like a two or a one. What decision? Yeah, I mean, go here. Let's see. I need a pink thing. Let me go here and get a pink thing. Okay. I need a blue thing. Let me go here and get a blue thing. Okay. Now let me build this thing with the pink and the blue. Oh no! Next, Gobby got the pink thing, so I must go a few spaces up further and get this. <laughs> the other, other pink, pink thing. Pink thing. Oh, and I'm going to use, ooh, I'm going to use this ultra plastic to add on a floor. And I built this building first, and so it's a slightly taller than your building. Ultra plastic being a wild piece that can be anything you need it to be. And what is ultra plastic? What is ultra plastic? What is the most? Pamela Anderson. <laughs> I set you up for that, and I didn't even, I knew you'd go do something with it. Uh, she, uh, She's not aged well. 
Poor Pam. She's not aged well. Pian- you know who has aged Pian- well? Pander. Pander. Ka- Catherine Bell. Who? Catherine Bell of Jag. Don't who me. <laughs> oh, you mean the one-hit wonder show Jag, and it's actors that have never been seen before she, or since. She did some. She did some quality lifetime television <laughs> I'm sure shows. She did. Uh, Let me guess. Army her Wise. daughter was a cheerleader and murdered another cheerleader or something. Uh, look, nothing as lowbrow. I think she was like in the Army Wife show. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like she was. She was like the. The wife waiting for the husband to come back from deployment, and she was like head of the PTA or something like that. But anyways, uh, High Rise, no, is a no-go for us. Network's on Amazon Prime, 36 bucks. You should get that instead. No. Uh, I want, I want, we've been going on for like 45 minutes, mm-hmm. which is a long time for us. Yeah, have it's you overtime. Watched, have you, oh, so here's my question. Do you want to, you want to go a little further over time? Yes. Because I want to talk about The Mandalorian. Yes, might as well. Mm. Uh, okay, so uh, the spoilers for season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, I have not talked to Gabby about the, the show prior to this, other than I watched it and that I enjoyed it, as I enjoy all things Star Wars. Well, I don't enjoy all things Star Wars. I've, I have so far enjoyed everything Mandalorian. There's only been a like one episode that I felt kind of fell flat a little bit, but other than that, I've enjoyed Which one was that? episode. Uh... So I'm hip. I'm I'm gonna be a hypocrite because so, I know you don't like the episode with Bill Burr, but I love Bill Burr. I just, I just love that guy. Uh, I He's, know. Uh, and so that episode, I know you were like saying that was the weakest. I remember back in the day, but I love that episode. Oh it's just God. because it's it's Bill Burr. Uh, he's not even the worst part. I mean, he was no, fine. he's not. It was the I love the weird Twi'lek and her hissing and weird. I don't know. That was a weird show. Yeah, she kind of she she took it a little too far. That was a weird episode. The, yeah, but uh, that's not Bill's fault. So, what was the worst one to you? The one that has the generic a uh, Han Solo guy in it that oh, was trying really yes. hard. That was some bad acting. That he was super yeah, bad, and I feel bad. sorry for him because that was his big breakout role, and he hammed it up. And and I'm glad he's dead. Like I was, <laughs> I've never, I have never watched. And ep- I, like I'm watching the show, and I think I hope he dies. I hope this character dies because I don't want him to be a thing. He's like a bad. He, he, he's just taking away from my enjoyment. And I was actually very pleased when I was like, "Oh, he's turned bad." I'm like, "Yeah, he's about to get shot." And uh, yeah, he did. So I'm glad that he's gone, and that the uh, little lady that he was hunting. Obviously, I think she lived. She's. I think she's that. She's reportedly in no, season two. She's. I thought she was dead. Yeah, he shot her in the stomach, but then I I read like some oh God. I read some like fan base stuff that says that they she's not dead because this th- well, this was how is th- he that, dead? Maybe he's not dead then. If she's not dead, he's probably not dead. Who's no, no, dead? The reason- Boba Fett's not dead. Nobody's dead anymore. Well, no, look, she got rescued by Boba Fett. Sean's going to come back too. No, he she got rescued by Boba Fett. I'm if back, you, if everybody. If you remember that episode, guess uh, who? If you remember that episode that uh, Boba Fett or somebody in boots walked up on her, that uh, now probably is Boba Fett. No. <sighs> okay. I mean, I guess. But no. Uh, he's not. Oh, he's not wearing his armor. I thought that was the new bad guy. The the. No, that's Boba Fett. No. That's the actor who plays Boba Fett. I know that. I'm talking about Gus Grissom, whatever his name is. Yeah. 
I thought He's that Boba was Fett. who walked up. Oh my god, no! In that episode, when she gets shot in the stomach, and the that end of the episode, Gus. that was not when you Gus. hear the ching ching ching. Everybody's like, "Yeah, that's Boba Fett," but everybody was saying, "Yeah, but there's other armor that does that," and it was this the new bad guy. What's his name? Uh, I can't remember the new bad guy. It's the guy off Breaking Bad, yes. but it's not. It's not him. That was Boba Fett. Boba Fett rescued this lady, and now he's he's nursed her back to health. and And Boba Fett is obviously alive. Well, that's not what and I read. He, well, you can. Just, I don't care what you read. You can just continue to watch season two and see that I'm right. I'm saying it now. Uh, Boba Fett. What do you think about Boba Fett being alive? I that's don't care. Boba Fett. Never cared about Boba Fett. I said this a long time ago. I'll say it again. He was a guy with a jetpack. Give me the Rocketeer. Big deal. Iron Man's been done. Well, you know what? You're- he accidentally got hit with a stick. Whoa! Hits the side of the ship and falls into the Sarlacc pit like a dummy. That was his three seconds of glory. I don't care about Boba Fett. Mandalorians are cool. Boba Fett was not. Well, Boba Fett just had a bad day. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. You'd let your guard down. Boba Fett was really, but now it's like it was it's the like cool rock- hipster thing to like Boba Fett, the guy that had three seconds of airtime, and Are yes, he had a cool a suit. He was a rocket man, and I don't care. I don't care. Okay, so here's what you don't know about Boba Fett, is that George Lucas intended Django was his for, daddy for Django Boba Fett. To be, no, it, Boba Fett was intended to be the bad guy, uh, the the big bad guy of of Return of the Jedi. Uh, it was actually meant to be uh, the 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 way that the script worked out was the first part of Return of the Jedi was supposed to be all one movie. It was it was supposed to be all of them fighting Boba Fett. And that's why he was kind of introduced in Empire Strikes Back. And the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi had to all be modified because, of course, there was just three films and the way that they did it. So they minimized Boba Fett's role in it. But he was introduced for two things. One, he was supposed to be the big bad. But two, in early rights, he was actually Anakin's brother. Fun fact. Look it up. Okay. But so this is my deal. So you're talking about a history that never was. So mm-hmm. why are we holding on to this? The reason I'm bringing it up is that Boba Fett was written in to be a much larger character. And then he was killed off because like, okay, we're not going to use him. So people latched on to him. And, and I think that's why he, he stayed alive in the lore of Star Wars. Because George Lucas knew, hey, this guy was going to be a heavy hitter in the series. So fan fiction and other stuff. He kind of he continued to 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 use that character in other ways in, in prequel and fan fiction books and and just kind of let let the the fans run with it. The Clone so Wars just, really fleshed him out. Right. And it's interesting now that they're they're letting they're they're going this route. Like I did not want Boba Fett to be in The Mandalorian. I remember the first season was like, I hope that they don't introduce him because I just think that's just, there's too many callbacks in this show as it is. Like I enjoy them, but they don't, they don't, they cheap, they don't cheapen the show. They just don't do anything for me. Like kind of like, oh, Clint Eastwood riding uh, Anakin's old pod racer engine as a speeder. But they're saying that necessarily probably wasn't because the painting's different. I mean, there's all that crap. That's the point with all this stuff. It's like, oh, this was that. But was it really? No, it's a little bit different. And ultimately, well, no. I don't care. It's like, oh, yeah. just like the pearls from the crate Dragon. Oh, they were in KOTOR. I don't care. 
I care. I want. I got. I had to work to get those pearls. <laughs> and you didn't play Kotor. Yes, I did. I didn't like. You played it. Knights. You did. You didn't play. You. Oh my God! You played Knights of the Old Republic and you didn't like it. That's it was heresy. fine. I'm not a big RPG guy. I just. I uh, know you like shooting stuff, which is yeah. You like. You're a Halo fan. Um, I first felt person like, any day. I don't want a 37-hour game to finish. No. I felt that this episode did a... It, it, the Mandalorian has continued to do what the Mandalorian does best. It it takes Star Wars. It emphasizes that it's a Western. It gives us small, cool scenes and puts a little bit of ingenuity to them. A, a little bit of, oh, look, Bubble Fett's rocket shoots an RPG. And, oh, yeah, Crate Dragon. And, oh, the, I mean... There's just enough cool stuff in this show that I'm like, each time I watch it, I'm like, I enjoyed that. Yes. Now, I've come across very negative, but we were talking about Boba Fett. As for the Mandalorian in this episode, I like it a lot. I really do. Timmy the Oliphant could be a, a, a regular series star for all I care. I, I justified. I'm in. Yeah, I don't know. I, d- I doubt they'll continue to use him. In the in the season, but yeah, I, I I really liked his addition to it. I like I to to me him walking in wearing Boba Fett's armor and this that whole he's the town marshal type thing. And although I did uh, notice he <laughs> he has a slim frame, even with the armor on him, like his narrow his shoulders are pretty narrow. <laughs> well, it's like well, Boba Fett like was like five foot eight, and like Timothy's like six two, <laughs> like six, and that helmet super that, small. That helmet was barely. It looked like he was wearing his kid's armor. Like he <laughs> was wearing, chest, yeah, the chest armor like barely covered his chest. His stomach I'm was fully go, exposed. I'm gonna go buy you one of those Bubble Fit small kids costumes, like Halloween costumes, and you could put the helmet on and the chest armor. That's what it looked like. <laughs> All I could think of was Cobb Vanth Vanth refrigeration. I did too. I, I also it really bothered me that he takes his helmet off and then proceeds to like taunt a Mandalorian and then doesn't put his helmet on like the rest of the rest of the show is like I'm gonna well, leave my helmet off the one thing that protects to me cover. he he is a pretty man yeah he's he's not he's no Sean Connery no nobody's Sean Sean was one of a kind R.I.P. but anyways the Mandalorian I'm really liking uh, this second season I'll be interested in seeing where they go with it and I, uh, that was my only thing was we're back to I mean I know they have to make lots of episodes and I enjoy a uh, week to week type of thing but it didn't advance the main story a whole lot like i'm looking for a mandalorian that might can tell me where to take this little guy and then he goes and finds timothy oliphant who's not the guy but instead we fight this crate dragon help the little town in need and you know adventure of the week is done on to the next story so i'm i'm hoping the next episode okay now we're getting somewhere again i don't mind a week by week thing you know but at some point we got to get a move on well, I'm I'm just thrilled that there's. It's just a good fit. It's just a good show. I'm I'm just glad that I have something to watch. That even though the, there's a lot of fan service, there's a lot of callback, there's a lot of. It, it, it's still Star Wars enough for me, and I, I'm I'm good on it. It's 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 giving me what I want. With, it's just decent te- decent television. With the little graboid monster they fought, they should have had Remo Williams come in fight him. You would have thought so. That would have been awesome. I don't even know that guy's name. I just know he was Remo Williams. 
I would have loved if like Kevin Bacon like cameoed in that. <laughs> what if well, Kevin Bacon like, had been the Mandalorian under the armor? Just taking it off like he's a denied. <laughs> I think that every season they should have the band, the person change, like the actor. Like they say that old Pascal has like caused some trouble on set, so they may have to they may have oh, to man. never take the Mandalorian's helmet <laughs> off again. I mean it could be anybody pretty much. Yeah, it could be. That's that was really the thing last season that kind of bothered me is they took his helmet off. I really wanted him to keep his helmet on for multiple seasons, and then at the end it'd be like uh, Michael Sarah underneath it or somebody, <laughs> some, some some person like you. It's like he, he's done all this, he's done all this cool stuff, and it's all of a sudden he takes his helmet off, and it's like Danny DeVito or you know just somebody you would have never have expected. That would have been interesting in an ultimate. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, a letdown. It's Rain Wilson from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. He's just sitting there. Uh, Eat- I'm the assistant to the Mandalorian. Eating on beats the whole time. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, our our takeaway is we miss you, Sean. Um, I don't know if Gobby's going to be able to retire. Uh, to be able to retire your impersonation of Sean. Are you going to keep doing it? I have to in honor of him. Now... Henry Jones Sr. may stay alive. Henry Jones. Oh, yeah. We named the dog Indiana. That's a good one. High Rise is awful. The Mandalorian's pretty good. That'll do it for us. And we thank you for listening, our kind, dear listeners. Uh, if you want to hear more, then you could listen to previous episodes. That's <laughs> then, how that works. Then hit the repeat button. Yeah. Hit the, yeah. Just go ahead and put this on shuffle <laughs> and you'll be all right. Or you could join our fans only and uh, see <laughs> see pics of hot nude meeples. How about that? Oh. I'm gonna start that. I'm gonna start a fans only. That's just pictures of meeples just there. Yes, you know? just gone all just, uh, unpainted. All unpainted miniatures. My nude miniatures. Okay, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it before you go too far. Flesh tone meeples. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.